0: Hello, hello, I hope this works well, I bought a microphone, I invested in a whopping $30 microphone, what's the brand here, Vivitar, never heard of them before, never really considered buying a mic before, but I like to talk and I like to go off on tangents on different subjects that come across my mind, Um, and I think this might be beneficial for me. So, welcome to the Half-Baked Podcast where I talk about the half-baked thoughts that I have. It's about the ideas that swirl around in my brain that have no outlet and that I find that the, the people around me aren't engaging in the sort of conversations or about the topics that I'm curious about and I find that I'm missing this reciprocation and I feel like It's a shame, and I want more than that, so I'm presenting to you my half-baked thoughts in hopes that you can return some of your own, and as cheesy as it sounds, finish baking this cake with me. I feel like it's fitting to have these uh, comparisons to, to food, because I will probably be baked when I do a lot of these podcasts. So. I will ramble, this will not be an uncommon thing. What I really want to talk about today is help. So I'm just going to dive right in. Uh, okay, uh, my my partner one time had a bad day at work and he came home frustrated as hell and talked to me about how, I, I'm assuming it was a maintenance man, um, I had to hang something up on the wall in the hall. and. So my partner like goes up and he's like, "Oh, can I help you?" Um, and being all gracious. And so he goes over and he grabs on the side of the sign or whatever and starts putting it up. And he's complaining that this guy was just so ungrateful. He didn't say thank you. He looked pissed off. He didn't didn't seem to give a shit that I was there to help him at all. And my my partner was very offended. And I don't like I don't like being the person. And I also don't like when people treat me. They call minimizing my feelings. Like, if I'm going through something, the least you can do is recognize it, even if you don't agree. You can recognize the validity in my own experience, especially if you were not there. But, you know, maybe I was a bitch, but (laughs) but the first thing I said to him was, did he ask for help? And he says, well, no. I was like, okay, my second question is, did he say yes when you asked? And the answer was, that he never answered. So the first point of concern I wanna hit here is consent. It's all the hype nowadays, for great, great, great great reason. With that said, I understand why that is often irritating for people. Because so many things that really aren't a big deal are now a big deal. And all I have to say is, maybe there's beauty in that, guys. Like if you can stop fighting against this concept that you have to get an okay before doing everything you might actually realize how beautiful it is and how much power it actually gives you in your own life the fact that you have to be willing and consent to things to be treated in a certain way and yes, this even applies to help this even applies when someone has good intentions and wants to offer you aid to make something easier on you to help you avoid embarrassment and also to help you avoid the embarrassment of asking for help and what I have to say here is, I think you're doing a great disservice if you're doing that to people. I think it takes immense bravery to be able to say, to acknowledge, self-reflection of acknowledging, you know what, I cannot do this on my own right now. And then having to have the balls to go up to someone and say, hey, could you help me with this? Right? If you jump in to help all the time before someone can even ask for help, you're. I find that is so disempowering and I think that is very, very disrespectful. So what I talked to my partner about was this, that like, yes, they didn't consent. It's like, did they even want help? You didn't even wait long enough to see if they wanted help. It's like, okay, you didn't wait for them to come to you and ask for help. Okay, whatever. That's fine. You went and asked them if you could help them. That's great. You wanted to support someone and show up and that's amazing. But you didn't even wait for him to give you an answer and I think that is problematic because you undermine people's own process when you do that right someone could have have spent time working through something to know okay this is what is required of me here I'm going to need this and this and this and this is the order in which I have to implement them to get the result that I want or to get it done in a certain amount of time if you just jump in and take over essentially it fucks with their plan you know what I mean even if you're you're wanting to help that's great you jump forward you know Another way of asking for consent is to say, how can I help you? In which way could I be of service to you and make this easier on you? Because that's my intention. I want to make this easier on you. So by intervening, you interrupt their flow, their work process. And I find personally, maybe it's not like that for everyone, but personally I find that really, really frustrating when I can't complete a project because someone comes in and thinks it's no big deal or thinks that they have a better way of doing it and therefore you are disempowered because now this project that was yours is no longer yours anymore and then you come to this head where it's like well you could always say no to help but then you i mean obviously you can yes that's like period full stop you can say no even if someone's jumping in and helping you you can still say no thank you i don't want help and that, too, actually is a point of bravery, just like being able to recognize that you need help and then verbal, verbalize that need, which is empowering, it is also empowering to then stand up for someone who is jumping in and saying, no, thank you, I actually don't want help right now. But what is interesting is when you come to that point, you then, <laughs> it starts being this um, moralistic thing. It, you upset social graces when someone is just being so good to you and they offer their help and you say no, that is so ballsy and disrespectful to say no to someone who was willing to offer you something, who who was gifting you something. But the interesting thing about that is at that point, the help is no longer about the good intention of helping you or making something easier on you. It then becomes about ego and my sense of self And my purpose is being put into question when you say no. So people can oftentimes not want help and not give consent for help. But then they don't actually speak up and say no because they're upsetting social graces and they're being rude. You get painted as rude. And what a a spiral to be put into. You're just doing your own thing. Someone wants to quote unquote help you jumps in and essentially takes over because they don't even begin to acknowledge your process for this thing or what the end game is, they don't know your vision for it. And then you feel disempowered because you're not, you don't feel able to say no. (laughs) Because then you're being rude, you're being a jerk by not accepting someone else's offer for help. And then if you try and verbalize that, like, I am now. I, I want to make this podcast because I've been put in situations many times in my life where when I do say, no, thank you, I don't want this. You're then painted as the bad guy. And if you try to explain that to people, you just upset them further. Because it's like your rationale for it is needless. You're just making a fuss over something that doesn't need to be a fuss. Like, Or then it's like the whole thing where oh, you can't accept help, wow, you know, maybe you need to open up and relax a little bit, you know. And it does, in my life, I've definitely felt that it can become this personal attack. And my rationale is that people are then threatened, like I said, their purpose and their sense of self is threatened, when they can't be of use the way that they want to be, the way that they know they can be, or the way that they've been taught to be of use. And then they're just standing there and they don't know what to do. Important thing I think to acknowledge is at that point that that is work that that person has to put in. They have to acknowledge, holy shit, I'm really uncomfortable right now. I'm um, I feel embarrassed because I feel like I put myself out there and someone denied me. I'm angry right now because of this person. I think I could do a better job. Blah blah blah. It could be so many different things, but there is such a thing as being too witnessed. And maybe this is more for me, because I definitely have like major performance anxiety. But I hate it when someone gets in the middle of me processing something. Right? If I'm in the middle... Okay, so here's something at work recently, as an example. I was checking out a couple of my clients, and there was an issue um, with one of my clients and the notifications she wasn't getting. Um, and my my coworker informed me that um well me and um our other coworker, my sister oh, they had recognized that this thing wasn't working because they had two profiles or whatever so okay he he offered me help right there he was a value right there and to be honest i don't know if i thanked him i should probably go back and thank him for that so because i knew what was wrong because he helped me I was then able to go in and try and fix the error. I could check them out and then combine profiles and do what I had to do to make sure that she could the right email was used and she could get her information and her updates about her appointments. But as soon as he helps me, he's done his part. He has told me what he knows that I didn't know. But because it's almost like how I imagine it is that he he felt that he hadn't done enough, that he knew there was an error and he didn't fix it when he knew about it already. Before I even was able to acknowledge his help and then move on to my clients, he was like, I got it, I got it. And he grabbed a uh, notepad and he was writing down the email so he could fix it. As I was still processing my clients, like to me it was just like no time had passed and he was just on it. Frantic as hell. Whoop! Um, but I ended up getting annoyed because at this point I have checked my clients out and they're leaving, and I say, "Don't worry, I've got it." So I go in there and I'm I'm figuring it out, right? Like I haven't had to do this before because I didn't know there was an issue. I go in and okay, yeah, and I I'm blending the profiles and oh, I made an error, so it's like I have to go back, and he says. I can do it again basically and I say it's okay and I'm, I'm short at this point I say it's okay I get it or I've got it and then he says are you sure and I am just raging inside honestly maybe that's extreme I'm not raging but I'm pretty pissed off because to me it's these are my clients there was an error I'm working through it if we looked at the clock it's probably literally been two minutes and you have offered your quote-unquote help numerous times which I didn't ask for, I said no to, and then you patronize me, because I don't get it the instant that I should have gotten it, or that you would have gotten it. And so I definitely got pissed off at him, and you know, in another 30 seconds to a minute, I had it resolved, and I'd redone it, and it was good to go, everything's resolved. And I think <laughs> this is a great example of something that honestly didn't take me that long altogether, but that. Being in that situation, of I feel being bombarded with this idea of helping me when really it was about taking control. Ended up taking longer because someone was watching over my shoulder. And it's so funny because it's like, okay, and this I think this is example could apply for many situations, but in this specific one, it's like you knew that there was an issue, you had an idea of how to resolve it, and it's like because you didn't, and now I'm doing it. Again, it's like your sense of self is threatened because how you view yourself is in question now because you view yourself as a very efficient, helpful person who's always readily available and happy to help. And because you didn't live up to this squeaky clean ideal, you now need to step in and make up for something. You don't. So I do want to... Add a note to this, being that context does matter. I understand that if someone else was in the middle of something and it was their process, and you stepped in to take part because they maybe asked for your opinion or to t- double look, d- take a, you know double check something in case they overlooked something, right? If I'm just going ahead and doing what I want, and they're you know over my shoulder directing or informing me or something, you know, in that instance I understand because it's like okay, this does have to do with you. This is your process, and if I just do whatever the fuck I want. I'm interrupting you and the results you're getting, right? Like this is yours. I am just another set of eyes, essentially. So really about being witnessed, um, so I read this thing once, um, about parenting really, but it it can apply so much to this. Especially because if someone asks for help and you don't say yes or something, they'll oftentimes just stand there. And, I, you know, I think a lot of it, it comes from this, I'm, I'm here and I'm ready to help when you need it, which is beautiful. But again, the whole performance anxiety or a stage fright type thing, they're just standing there watching you. And essentially it comes down to, it's like, they're waiting for you to screw up. Even if they're not, they don't think you will or anything like that. It's not, they don't even have to be patronizing at all. It's just like, they are waiting there in the wings in case you mess up. And at the first sight of you messing up, they're gonna jump in. And I don't know about anyone else, but if someone's watching me, I'm way more likely to fuck it up. But back to the point, I read something about parenting, and the suggestion was just that wait, right? Like try patience. When you ask your kid to do something, give it 15 seconds. And when I first heard that I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? But the truth is, like, like, literally time yourself for 15 seconds. You ask your kid to do something and assuming that you got their attention, they heard you, they understand what needs to be done, time yourself and wait for 15 seconds and see what happens. So I did this once and I realized that quite often I literally give my son two or three seconds to do something that I asked him to do and that is so controlling. And if I stop, and I wait, and I'm angry, and I'm impatient, and I'm worried that he's going to ignore me, so I've got this whole, like, bucket of shit that I'm carrying around with me, you know what I mean? That I'm about to pour on him, the poor kid, right? Like, has nothing to do with him. Because the majority of the time, if I actually wait 15, and holy shit, maybe up to 30 whole seconds, there's a damn good chance he finishes what he's doing, and he gets up, and he does it. So my suggestion is to allow space. Be gracious with people because everyone processes differently and at a different rate. And when someone is watching over your shoulder, it gets harder and it takes more time. And when really, if you just relaxed and back off, like, give them a chance to ask for help. Because you might just be surprised how quickly and how efficiently they get something done if you extend that same faith in other people that you have in yourself. It is disrespectful when you disallow someone their own learning experience by waiting in anticipation of a wrong move. They haven't even made a wrong move and then even if they do, you can give them a chance to correct their wrong move. You can give them a chance to ask for help to fix their wrong move in the anticipation of a wrong move. Unclench your butthole, take a deep breath, and put your eyes somewhere else. I believe this is also important because it's in the doing of things that people learn their own capabilities and by jumping in and I feel like this is very common with parenting um, but I think it can happen in any dynamic in life is that when you jump in you actually undermine this person's competence like they could be learning so much through this process and you are taking that ability away from them you're taking that opportunity away from them when you jump in to do it especially if you are already confident in what they're doing. People's identity can be very, very rooted in their service to others. Which can be a beautiful, beautiful thing to find meaning like that. And purpose, relationships with other, a community, communion. It's such a human, human thing. And I don't want to undercut that at all. I want to make that very, very clear. But there are pros and cons to everything. In my experience with people who... I would say, because in my experience, people who refer to themselves and are very proud to consider themselves peacemakers, you know, I find that in reality, this process, a lot of times it's a way to prove their worth. It is a way to avoid conflict. And I want to say this loud and clear. I want everyone to hear this. Avoiding conflict and making peace are two very, very, very different things. Like, I love calling it making peace. It it implies action. You have to take action. You have to speak up. You have to sometimes do things that are uncomfortable to make peace. You cannot make peace by avoiding conflict. Short little rant. Over. Cutting it short. By doing this, by offering yourself prematurely, people come to rely on your help. And I I don't really like calling it help at this point. I feel like we're really starting to kind of uncover what help is and what help isn't, and I feel like it's almost not appropriate to call it help at this point. Um, Okay, but we'll we'll run with it. People come to rely on this help, and it enables people. And in this process of enabling others by quote-unquote helping them, you are betraying yourself and your needs in the process, which undermines your ability to truly help people at all. I'm coming to this conclusion, like I'm following this line of thought from the people that I know in my life, the people whose history I know and that I understand at least somewhat. And that they're coming from this place where they find love and meaning and purpose, acceptance, and they find congratulations. They find positive reinforcement from their loved ones and from strangers, from people they want to impress, whatever, through doing this, through helping. This is how they find use. But I want to say that there is positive reinforcement for things that are not positive. And I'm going to word this in another way, which is even more convoluted here, okay? There is positive reinforcement of negative facets of a generally positive thing in what I can't escape what I always come back to in these situations is that this person or these people or you or me or whoever have not learned their boundaries in this regard. They likely have not even learned that they deserve a boundary here. And I want to speak to these people, these helpers, these proudly identified peacemakers, I want to say. You jumping in for people, who who are even okay with you jumping in, <laughs> is very likely disrespectful to you, and you deserve more than that. You know, again, the positive reinforcement thing, these people, and I, I feel like it could be pasted in this, pasted, painted in this bad way, like these people, they're taking advantage of you. Mama, no, it's just people. It, You know, you you teach people how to treat you, and it might not be on purpose from you or from them, but they are likely taking advantage of you in these small, minuscule ways. But we all know the quote that the small things are really the big things. The small things set the tone of your life. They are the tiny baby steps, moment to moment, that define the quality of your life and of your relationships. And there's a power imbalance there, and you deserve more than that. When you wear someone else's 10, 20, 30, 50 pound backpack like a badge of honor, you disallow the space in your own life to carry your own 10, 20, 50 pound backpack of magical, magical shit, your own shit that you cultivate and that you build over time, that you dig through, that you reorganize, that you take old shit, old narratives that aren't useful, like maybe this idea of being a peacemaker, you take it out. And you replace it with something more nuanced and more beautiful and more helpful to you. And more helpful for them. If you have a backpack of just amazing resources and insight and different ability to help, you have more resources to help people. If you love helping people, having more resources to do it better, I'm like, fuck yeah. Like the same people that you're helping now, people you love and strangers are like, you can help them more, deeper, longer and truer, a truer form of help because you could help better them and their lives rather than just making a likely minute task easier. A minute task after another minute task and on and on and on for so many people that you come across in your day. I have someone in mind, co-workers, clients your partner or your ex-partner, your kids, so, so many people, and you think, oh, these are tiny things, these are tiny things, these are tiny things, I'm strong enough to handle this. You are strong. But you need to recognize all that you're taking on because it is too much. Even if you say it is not too much, it's enough, you love to do it. Look at yourself with the same tenderness and dotingness and your ability to, I don't know your desire to please people. You got to look at yourself through that same lens, man, because you deserve that same assistance to yourself. You deserve that. By staying in this same dynamic and this same pattern and this same narrative, right? Like you're, it's running your life. You enable people to not do things for themselves, and this can seem like a symbiotic relationship in a sense because you find value in doing, so your sense of self is being propped up by, their, by this other person, the helpie, by their agreement, this dynamic, and they don't have to put the effort in to new experiences, to new tasks, to new responsibilities, or the mundane, boring things. And then they have the time and energy and space freed up to do things that are enjoyable But, and it makes them feel loved, but it undermines their stress tolerance. And man, stress tolerance can make or break your life, man. It is so useful. Don't take away someone's ability to challenge themselves. And this applies to you as well, especially when you're you're in this pattern, it is stressful for you. To challenge this narrative and to to not help people, it can be counterintuitive and it challenges your own stress tolerance. Because you giving in and stepping up, and you know, proactively, it's funny to me, because to me that's more stressful. But to a lot of people that I know and love and cherish, it challenges their stress tolerance to not jump in, but I highly recommend that you give it a try. I'm gonna close at this podcast. I just want to say it is beautiful to want to offer help. Don't let anyone tell you different. But I also want you to hear this loud and clear on repeat. You do not have to offer help. You do not have to help. You are not obligated, you have no obligation to offer your very self to others. You are worth love. And respect and peace even if you don't help someone even if you don't know how to help someone even if you choose not to help someone you have value if you don't jump in to help someone that is not a mark against you it does not make you a bad person because that person who may or may not need help is at least as responsible, if not more responsible, for asking for the help that they need than you are to offer it. You are not a mind reader and no one should or can expect that from you. You do not have to save the day. You do not have to anticipate other people's needs. The greatest gift you could give people is to allow them the opportunity to learn to communicate their own needs. The greatest gift you can give to someone is to recognize when someone might need help and stay quiet in the background. That is how you can be supportive and being receptive when they speak up about their needs because chances are, I don't even want to say chances, I honestly want to say guaranteed they're gonna falter, they're gonna be emotional and they're gonna snap. They're going to not know how to ask it. They're going to be passive aggressive. They're going to ask too much or not ask enough. Um, They're patience. Just be patient and hear them out. And then decide your own boundaries of how you can best offer yourself at this time. Because help is so nuanced and there are so many ways to do that. In short, I believe that In the offering of help, in the act of offering your assistance to someone, that is the gift. Regardless of how they say yes to your help, in what ways they need help, or how they don't want your help, maybe they maybe they don't want your help at all. That is totally valid, and it's not just help is not always helpful. And I think that's a really important topic to discuss because I don't think that it's really looked into enough help is not always helpful especially when it becomes a burden on the person you're supposedly helping by not butting in and waiting for someone's consent right they develop better idea of boundaries their ability to verbalize those boundaries and i think a better idea of when they need help and when they don't and this in no way is about hyper-independence, it's not about not needing people, it's not about not ever accepting help, it's not about being weak if you accept help. It's about being able to accept help. Accept that gift. It's about it help being a beautiful, helpful thing. And if you know you can say no and you have that opportunity and that privacy to figure something out, to take the time to figure out something yourself. I feel like someone is more likely to then accept help from people because it's no longer about their competence, They're going, I don't, at least in my personal experience, if I have the privacy and the space to work through things on my own and then I can come forward and ask for help when and if I decide I need it, that is also empowering and I'm more likely to ask for help if it's almost a communal thing. It's about people working together and I oftentimes, even if that's the intention, I don't think that's the way that it works out and I really wish this was something people would entertain more and I would love to hear people talk about this because in my experience I find that people are very threatened by this concept so I would say So that is the end of my first podcast. I am posing this question, or not even a question necessarily, it could be many, many questions. Just the concept of help is not always helpful, and developing a context for that. How is it helpful? When is it helpful? What are the boundaries there, and how much do they differ from person to person? So there's my half-baked thought, and I would love to hear yours. If you have any suggestions for me, please reach out to me on social media, or leave a comment whatever you like. I would love to